Right, episode 20. We've made it to another milestone for the podcast. Thank you so much for the support so far. Uh, it's been incredible, and thanks for tuning in again to another episode. And it's a special one today. In this episode, I spoke to Sonia Barlow, the founder of LMF Network, an initiative to empower and promote diversity in tech. She's been named one of the most influential women in tech by computerweekly.com, and we discuss her life right now as a freelance speaker and tech consultant, hosting workshops and talks to the likes of PwC, Vodafone, Royal Mail, just to name a few. We discuss how she's become the go-to woman for diversity in tech and building this platform job for herself in the space of only 18 months. And of course, I think more important than anything, we talk about the difficulties she's faced and is currently facing in terms of workload, relationships with social media, financial difficulty with attracting paid clients, and the longevity of this platform she's built for herself. Trust me, you don't want you want to stay for this bit because it was truly humbling and inspiring. And we finish off with how she's delivered two TED Talks, making it the, the first ever South Asian woman to have delivered two TED Talks in a single year. It was really inspiring and yeah, I really think I should invite her back on. But let me know if you do enjoy this episode. Let me know if yeah, you want you want Sonia back on the podcast. I I personally do. Um, and we can arrange it. And also if you enjoy, please be sure to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and a written review. If you leave a written review, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. This week's shout-out actually goes to one of my friends called Jamie Foster. He couldn't leave a review because he's on Android. If you are on Android, just give me a message and I'll give you a shout out. Um, Because I, yeah, I understand it's a bit of a stupid system, but I can't help it. So this is the alternative. And he just basically wanted to say he enjoys the podcast. His favorite episode was the uh, one on mental health I did a few weeks ago with Damien. And if you haven't checked the one with Damien out, it's a really, really good episode. One of my personal favorites. And um, yeah, we both opened up and it, it was a really, really good episode. But anyway... Um, if you do want to stay in touch with all the future episodes, be sure to follow us on our Instagram page. That's where all the new episodes get announced. And yeah, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Hey, Sonia, how's it going? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Massive pleasure to have you on. And as I as I said in the in the in the pre chat, like yeah, I've been wanting to have you on for so so long because I think you know the conversation we're going to have today is going to be so so useful for a lot of people and. And you're very open and honest, which I really like. And it's not something you always get with a lot of entrepreneurs. And it's a real big factor as to why I wanted you on in the first place. Thank you. I, to be honest, it's only been a few months maybe since I even called myself an entrepreneur. And I think that's why I am so open and honest is because I didn't really put myself in that category. I'm just uh, a person trying to do something. So I always say that all labels that have been put on top of me were not actually put via myself they were put via other people does it kind of like cringe you out in a way something like it may be in the early stage not so much now but at the beginning you were like mm, I don't really know if that's me yeah completely I mean sometimes even now I don't know if it's me I've learned that if you call yourself a founder a CEO director people will take you slightly more seriously same as an entrepreneur so I very much uh advocate this now and a champion the fact that you have to be living like your future self in your present day I don't mean that by spending habits and I definitely don't mean it by kind of um you know uh overwhelming yourself and and kind of white lies what I mean by that is if you are an entrepreneur if you're a founder if you are going to be a business coach and consultant if you're going to be even a podcast host or a public speaker 
you have to know exactly what qualities and what um, kind of accreditation uh, those personas need in the future. And you need to start working on them today to get there in the future. Um, I get really irritated. Actually, I, I got irritated today, I'll tell you. Uh, there's, another, <laughs> there's another network I know that I went on, on their profile and they were like award winning. And I'm like, you're not award winning. You've never won an award. So don't. Oh, you see that all the time. You see that all the time. Like you've done it because some of us have actually gone out there and worked really hard to win some. But if you call yourself something like future award winning or you're forecasting the award, yeah, that's completely fine and live as that self. But don't, you know, I'm going around being like, I, you know, I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur because I founded a business, but it's taken me two years of a side hustle and six months of, of trying to do it full time for me to even get to that stage. Um, and I think what people need to realize is that the hustle comes and it takes time before you can start putting yourself out there like that. Yeah, like I get it in a way. I don't like that either. I don't, I, I'm like you, I don't like that at all. But at the same time, I realize and I get the sort of perspective that people would be like, you know, the whole fake it till you make it mentality. I kind of get it. And like, I'm not that sort of person. However, I, I understand you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, but the fake it till you make it. So I'm a believer of that. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. I fake it till I make it in the sense that uh, it's the same. You know, my podcast is called Strategically Winging It. So the point being that if I think I can do something, then I'll carry on. But if I am pretending to be something I'm not, I'm not down for that. I am a very honest and um, transparent entrepreneur founder person let's say so for me it's it just you know we're we're all here to be collaborative and I think when we start pretending to be people we're not you're you're gonna get caught out basically is what I'm trying to say um and that's not at all to say people can't be founders and can't be entrepreneurs and can't be CEOs of course you can but for you to be there and for you to thrive, you need to know what is your USP and what really makes you different. And I think that's really important in understanding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I really want to, you know, before we kind of move on, I really want people to like really get to know who you are and, and what you do on a day-to-day basis. How did you get into what you do right now? I, do you know what? I, I the, the first answer is I'm not really sure. So I want everyone to realize that there is an <laughs> honesty there. I'm not really sure. Um how did I get into to where I am? So long story short, I graduated in 2015 and fell into the world of tech. So tech consultancy, digital transformation, um, insights and analytics, worked my way up in technology, but between my first and second job role and, and kind of promotion, I found myself feeling quite lost and not having a sense of community. Um, And I think it really hit me when I was moving from my first to second role. And I thought, well, I'm not having a leaving party and no one even knows I'm leaving. And I remember just walking to work and giving my laptop and they asked me to stay till like 5 p.m. But I was like, no, I'm good. So I like left at three, but I didn't have anyone to celebrate. You know, people have like leaving drinks and leaving parties and leaving celebrations. Yeah, like no no one cares. Exactly. And no one cared. And I'd been there for two years. And no one cared. And I think it really struck me that I didn't have that like community or that friendship group. And then I looked around me and the same, the same I could have said around my kind of friends as well. I guess my friends 
from university were awesome, but we were living such separate lives. I didn't really have anyone that was quite ambitious or in the same circle as me. And so um, I contacted one of my really good friends from university, was like, look, we need to get out of our network. Uh, I t I'm tired of just being like someone's employee or someone's sister or someone's daughter. I need to be like, who am I basically? What's my identity? Um, and so we went around London looking for kind of networking groups and membership clubs. Uh, to be very honest, we went to one, it was super expensive and I came out of it very frustrated and quite annoyed being like, why would I pay so much money to meet people? Like, what what is that gonna do for me? Um, and so long story short, I just created one overnight on LinkedIn. I just went on LinkedIn, reactivated my profile, only had like 100 or 200 people on it, I think around the 200 mark. Um, I created a closed LinkedIn wow. group invited my you know invited people that i knew which probably didn't serve the purpose yeah i uh, started sharing content that was relevant to work and progression and then made a brunch two weeks after was like yeah brunch i love avocados everyone loves avocados it's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> showed up to brunch after five minutes yeah. they asked for the table back because no one wanted to come and no one came um and from there so it was just it was just yeah, you. It's just, yeah basically me and my uh, bestie dewey but yeah it was just me so dewey came for like moral support wow. um so 12 people yeah. said they were going to come and 12 people got the event bride tickets and no one showed up so there are a few learnings of that one one the first learning was you know free event bride tickets know that there's going to be a drop off so i think that was the first learning but the second and the most important learning was why why would people come and they don't know you right people buy into people uh, people buy into people's stories yeah um and then so kind of you know i i feel like i'm going on a tangent but just to kind of summarize no one showed up and normally i get the question well why did you carry on to be honest i was already in such a bad place that it, it would have made no difference to me if i if i carried on because i was already feeling so crappy about myself and i did carry on so i carried on created another brunch created another brunch by the third brunch people came um and that was kind of june is when i started in october we had in october we had our first offline event planned and jan 2019 is really when i thought and i was transitioning between roles and i thought you know what i'm just going to give it a whirl like i'll make a few coffee events i'll make a few meetups i'll make a few i'll just kind of say yes to things that i can do 10 percent of and why not why not just give it a go um and then that was in jan 2019 by october may 2019 i decided I'm gonna quit my job. I'm gonna go into an accelerator. I'm gonna take this full time. Um, and I did. And so wow. in 2019, I personally delivered over 50 workshops, upskilled over 1200 people, did two TED talks, uh, multiple European keynotes, even got asked to write a kind of co-author co a chapter in a book, which was great, like an ebook online uh, with my story, which was, which was really cool. And then in, um 2020 2020 started obviously around christmas time everything is dead got to about february and completely fell out of love with what i was doing because i realized it was a limited company and the the motive seemed to be making money whereas i was it wasn't about making money march we shifted to a c which is a, a charitable style company it's a not-for-profit and today i'm sitting um in july with one business which is very much split into two so lmf network ha has a community angle which is accessible affordable and very much uh works to enable and educate women and minoritized groups in tech business and entrepreneurship and then i have a consultancy arm 
where I do freelance um, consultancy work, freelance workshop facilitation, uh, diversity and inclusion training, article writing and so forth. So that's kind of where where I'm at today. So I've kind of gone from in 18 months, not not knowing anyone and not knowing anything to running two businesses and trying to figure out. Yeah. It sounds it's, it sounds like crazy quick. It sounds like almost unbelievably quick because how did you go from like the, how did you go from that moment of no one coming to that brunch event that you made to like delivering TED talks to being a co-author on a book in the space of such a short amount of time? Do you know honestly I think a lot of it is to do with your own hustle and your own self-worth what that means is I didn't start this journey thinking I was anyone or anything um and also you have to be afraid to not ask for help and not to put yourself forward for, for opportunities I started my year in 2019 being like right I'm going to think like a man and what that basically means is if you think psychologically and um society wise men tend to and I'm talking very generalistic here right men tend to swipe right to a lot more opportunities and they swipe left and they tend to uh, have more confidence in their ability and kind of wing it and try it as they go along so I thought of taking that opportunity and that mentality being like well if I think I can do 10% of something I'm going to go for it that's very much how it started um, and that's something I am very proud of from a mentality perspective I went from having absolutely no social media and no contents content or context of anything with no understanding to May 2018 is when I started my LinkedIn up again I didn't really use it until January 2019 I didn't get Instagram until a year ago so um we're talking kind of April May 2019 and barely used it so if anything it's COVID that's accelerated the growth because I kind of had to focus on my online presence and personal brand. Um, so yeah, so kind of three months ago, even my Instagram following was like, what, 700 people? And is growing daily, which is great. But I don't use it for anything more than making and driving impact. And I guess, you know, anyone yeah. listening, my question would be, what kind of impact do you want to drive? For me, honestly, making a lot of money is not impactful. For me, upskilling and and helping the world and making people believe in themselves is what I want to be doing. I really want to delve deeper into this because the journey sounds like incredible. Like what were the first sort of steps to like kind of where you are now when you, so when you had that brunch Mm. event, what was the sort of like next immediate sort of stages? When I had the brunch event and no one showed up, honestly, I cried. I just sat there. I had a full face of makeup. I had my favorite top on. Um, I just, I just cried. And I cried because I kind of felt sorry for myself. And I was like, oh, no one wants to be with me. No one wants to be here, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember Dewey was sitting next to me. And she, Dewey is very like, Dewey's my really good friend from university. And she has always been like a mentor to me, if that makes sense, which is quite weird because we're similar ages, but she's just like the one of the wisest people I know. Anyway, so the point being that she was like, it'll be fine. And I was like, will it? And she's like, yeah. And um, she took me for ice cream afterwards uh, in Borough Market. And she's like, look, let's go get you some ice cream. Let's make you feel better. I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. 
Um, I came out of that though. No, I didn't tell anyone that no one showed up. I was so ashamed of yeah. myself that I said to people, yeah, seven people showed up and it was great. And I like made up this whole lie in my head, which I shouldn't have done. But at that moment, I was super ashamed of, of the fact that no one did. Um, but I wanted to give it another go because I already felt so bad in myself. And what I mean by I felt bad, maybe to, to really expand is, mentally I wasn't in the best place um psychologically I was unsure of what I wanted to do in the future and what I wanted to do with my next steps I was also working in consultancy which meant that every other week I'd be in Germany for a few days and I also didn't have any friends or relationships there then I'd come back to London and so basically I didn't feel settled and I didn't feel stable um and so I was like, well, you know, I, I possibly can't feel worse than this. I might as well just give it another shot. And then I did. And turns out people buy into people. So when I started putting maybe my face to the name, when I started sharing why I'm doing it, when I actively started, um, you know, adding people on LinkedIn, for example, and sharing the great work we're doing and showcasing why they should attend, that made it a lot better. Because uh, when I left my first role, I left with such... I, I was I was so happy to leave that I also deleted and and uh, I don't know why but like unfollowed a lot of people from work that I used to work with which made no sense if you think about it but I did that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, they didn't they didn't get you any le- they didn't get you a leaving party I mean, or anything like, like where that. Was so. my <laughs> like where was my leaving cake? Where was my leaving cake? Are you still still a bit, are you still a bit salty <laughs> about that? I think it sounds like it, doesn't it? um to be honest this is probably the first time i've been so salty about this since i've left so, yeah. um, <laughs> that's okay everyone comes everyone comes on the podcast to just just rant about stuff <laughs> no but i think that's just a sentiment that people understand is when you've been somewhere for so long and you feel like you're not valued that's what i felt like i felt like i was valued yeah. um that you don't necessarily know how to act and how to react and when you don't necessarily have a sense of community offline, you go online. And the great thing about being online is there is so much tech that we now can use to form a community. So my first TED talk that I did in May 2019 was called that. It was very much called Please Come Online. It's how we can use tech to build community. And the reason for that is, is like I've just mentioned, I didn't feel like I had one offline. So coming online made everything seem so much easier and accessible. Um, and... I definitely think that we as individuals have not been necessarily taught or influenced or educated on how we can use our online presence or our online forums or our online brand to really bring successful people together and to feel like we belong. And ultimately that's what I'm I'm doing in life, right? I'm changing the narrative of inclusion and I'm helping people to belong because that's what I want my life's mission to be. Was that your was that your ambition from the very start when you so that first brunch and everything was that your ambition was around sort of diversity and and inclusion was that your passion from day one No definitely not my passion was um slightly more selfish than that it was just to find new friends like the rest of it just came naturally the reason for brunch was just because I felt like I didn't have any friends and I really wanted some. <laughs> that was it. So it's just it's just to network and to you know to make friends with people. Wow, it's it's a lot more of a pure intention than I thought no, it was. No, my intention but... was 
slightly more selfish. It was very much, um, please can, please can I surround myself with great people who get me and I get them and we want to help each other grow. There was never an intent to even do more than one brunch. There was another, never an intent to do a workshop. There was absolutely no intent to 18 months down the line, decline a job offer and, and try and make it full time. Never, ever. So why, how did those intentions change? What changed them? I think I changed firstly, when you start to know yourself and your identity and your value proposition. Um, and what I mean by that is I worked in tech. So I had loads of, I wouldn't say, so I had like loads of opportunities as a brown woman in tech. I know I was making quite a good amount money wise. And I, I, you know, I was living that, I didn't have to think twice about anything, let's say from a financial materialistic perspective, but that just wasn't bringing me joy. So when I started doing these workshops and I started building community and I started helping people and talking to people, I realized what was really happening was I was bringing joy to others and I was supporting them, but I was also bringing joy to myself. And then, so I started to reflect within my value proposition and think, right, what really drives me what are my value drivers what are my core principles how do I want to live in life um and so I was doing that naturally as on the side and kind of saying yes to things that come along and if more than three people came with a problem I'd be like right let's make this into an event or workshop because it's easy and we can do that and it was really easy for me and I could do it um building a community and what I mean by that is we don't have a membership by design inviting people to along yeah. to our events and workshops so it's always been fairly easy and it's always been well received so that's great what really changed is in my uh in the last workplace that i worked in the corporate structure i found myself in quite a toxic environment personally it wasn't healthy for me um and i wasn't enjoying myself and nor did i feel like i was progressing um into the person i wanted to be and wanted to become and so it was a matter of putting my mental health first and putting my uh, kind of your, your principles first. I have to admit, yes, I was in a privileged position that I had savings so I could afford to leave my job. I was also in a privileged position that um, I spoke about it with my family and my partner and my friends before I left so that I could see what was going to work. And I've kind of given myself 12 months to 18 months to see it work. Right. So so I had come some kind of some kind of strategy beforehand, not exactly, but some kind. But the point being, it was it was well, if I don't take that leap of faith now, when will I? Um, and I guess for everyone, listening, you know, the, the, the message here is. If I can do it from such a basic intent, so can you. But what you have to carry on doing is you have to stay consistent. So I give you a really good example. I was just th reflecting yesterday, actually, that I started this like IGTV live series and I did it for like a month and I stopped. I started this personal brand workshop, which I did, and I did it for about a couple of weeks and I stopped. Why did I stop? I don't know. So the point being that you have to be consistent. And when you want to stop, that's probably when you have to carry on going because it's not time, you're, time to stop yet. That's when you're probably going to peak and there's going to be momentum. Um, so don't be afraid to 
to try and don't be afraid to carry on and most importantly don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone whatever zone that may be yeah like it's the same thing with with this podcast like in the early stages in the early to like mid stages like the initial sort of like novelty of starting a podcast and the actual sort of like no one's read like not that many people are listening that kind of got to me and i was like do i actually carry on or do i just like call it a day because it's just i don't know if there's gonna be a future but like you know what you know the first stage where you have that passion and that drives you but then it kind of gets to a point where the passion the passion's still there but you re- you reach something and it's it's you reach like a i don't know a bad bit in the road and you don't really know what to go from there and that's where i hit and i i don't know what it was i think it was the passion just overtook it and i carried on to the point where i you know i love doing it now and like we got sponsorship and I, you know, I get to speak to amazing guests. That's that's a really cool thing. And so I think, yeah, I massively agree with you on that. Uh, so honestly, if I'm being really truthful, even with my own podcast, there's a couple of weeks where I just could not do it. I just, I just didn't love it. I didn't love myself. I didn't know what I was doing. And I think it was after my fifth episode where I was like, why the hell am I doing this? And do you know what? It's okay to have those thoughts. You just have to be kind to yourself and you have to give yourself a moment just to breathe and come back to the passion point in the area. And so last week I came back and I was like, do you know, it's fine. I've got two people recorded. I'm going to edit them. I pushed them out. Great. They were really well received. Um, I have one more to push out. Great. It's really well received. Why did I not enjoy it? Turns out I didn't enjoy it because I was pre-recording everything months or weeks in advance and not giving myself enough time to get it out. Turns out I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to get something out every week when I knew I had other commitments. Turns out I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to tell, you know, stories of diverse founders, but within kind of a bubble or a bucket that, I, that I'd that i created. So the point being that it's okay to to take a breather and to take some space and take stock. I've done that. What are my learnings? Well... I'm only going to record when I'm going to push that episode out. So if I record today, I'm going to push out tomorrow. That's the vibe I'm going to now have. So I don't have things kind of, uh, you know, just waiting and sitting there and, and, and laying that yeah. don't exist. Uh, I'm not going to worry too much about the the solid kind of different branding of it. I made uh, my podcast its own Instagram, its own Twitter. Turns out I absolutely dislike doing social media in that capacity. So I... Uh, close those accounts and I'm just doing it through my own profile now so it's you know how can you make things easier for yourself and still get the content out there and still have people enjoy it Um, and equally I've just made a speaker form so that people can get involved and sign up as speakers so that I don't necessarily have to go out chasing but I can definitely provide opportunities to other people who may not have had them beforehand so my point being you know make it make yeah. for yourself and make it fun for yourself and also like it's not the same formula for everyone as well like you you like doing things as in like the podcast you like to record today release tomorrow for me i like to dedicate a day for podcasting i'm like this is my podcasting day i'm going to record like two episodes and then i'll edit them and i'll i'll sort of schedule the posts and stuff and then i don't have to worry about it for the rest of the week that's that's just how i work and it's fine like people just work in different ways yeah, and uh, you're you're completely right, right? Like, I thought that. I was like, right, Mondays are going to be my podcasting days. I'm going to put them out on a Friday. Turns out... 
yeah. it wasn't possible. And then alongside that, I'm also doing another podcast called Lokya Kahenge, which means what will people say? And my co-founder is um, is far more organized and scheduled than I am. And even for that podcast, I do all of the editing. Um, so sh- I have to also manage that in between. And it just turned out that I just, I put a lot of pressure on myself to deliver content for the sake of doing it. But now I want to just do content when it's rich and it's valuable. I really wanted to find out more about how Sonia's become the go-to woman when it comes to diversity in tech. You know, doing workshops at huge companies such as PwC and King uh, across, you know, multiple different countries. And I really wanted to find out more about the first ever client she got, the first ever, you know, paid and unpaid client. And also, I really wanted to find out, you know, was there any moments in her really early journey where she questioned herself, she questioned her worth? And we get to talk about that. It's really, really humbling. Yeah, so I, I'll tell you the first one that I wasn't paid for. And then I'll tell you when I did start getting paid. So Jan 2019, um, I had a lady that I knew in my network who worked for Santander. And Santander HQ were looking for someone to come in and give a, a workshop on confidence imposter syndrome. So she plugged me in and they gave it to me. They paid me nothing, right? So I'm talking a whole day's worth of work that if I was going in hindsight would probably be worth like two and a half grand. I got paid nothing. They paid for my train tickets from London and back and for lunch. So that was my first proper gig with a with the headquarters. They did not give me a testimonial. They definitely, and they didn't give me any money. That was Jan 2019. Okay. Now, I should probably go back to them at some point and be like, what the hell? Or at least give me a testimonial. But, you know, the point is. Yeah, yeah. So, That's the least they can do, really. Exactly. So that was nothing. Um, I got to October 2019. And I had a team from PeaceWC approach me to give you a, a training gig for them. And I was like, yeah, I'll be more than happy to completely can do that. That was the first time I got paid as in properly because I asked for the money and I, and I put value on myself. The only thing that I'd like to make clear within these timelines is that I had, I was working for a corporate from February to October. So when you have a salary coming in that's stable, sometimes you don't need to put the same amount of value or worth on yourself and it's not sorry what I'm trying to say is it's not you don't need to it's you don't think you need to is what I'm trying to say yeah um and so Great I didn't point. and so I was like right I have a stable income coming in that I'm doing a job and I was working like 50 hours a week doing consultancy all across the UK and I was doing this on a side I was like yeah great okay well I've got money from there so I can just build up my my kind of portfolio in October, when I didn't have the same amount of income, PwC was my first one. So that was epic. That was really great. But at the same time, I wasn't allowed. They didn't give me a testimonial, but they gave me money. Um, whatever the internal policies were, whatever, you know, no need to go into that. But the point being that I was still mm, learning yeah. how to craft my own terms and conditions and my own resources and and, you know, what do I need from people when I do these gigs for them? Then in November was beautiful November I had a recommendation and I got a gig with King who were the founders of Candy Crush um and they flew me out to Berlin for the night and I did their workshop 
um, for their cohort on neurodiversity and diversity. And not only did I get paid for that, but they also treated me and welcomed me so warmly that that was the moment where I was like, right, I think I can do this. And I really enjoy doing that. I really enjoy doing it. So November, I went back to my family and I was like, look, I'm basically, I've decided that I'm not going to go back to work for someone else in the same capacity, nine to five for five days a week. I'm going to try and figure this out myself and try and get consultancy gigs and try and get training workshops and try to really start my own impactful um, journey in the DNI space. And that's what I've been doing since. I, I know COVID happened and it's a difficult time for everyone and companies don't have as much budget, but was there any like moments where those you know the jobs weren't coming in as as much where you know you questioned the self-worth yeah of course that's such a great question um yeah there was so march half of my income was wiped out um april i earned nothing so just to put it into perspective um yeah May, I had something, June's been a healthy month. So so April, I kind of had to curl up on my bed and feel really sorry for myself for a few days. I think ate a lot of Ben and Jerry's, um, even started baking to see if that made me feel better. Went on a few jogs to see if that would help. So it kind of went down, you know, the, the feel sorry for yourself. Uh, kind of vibe that that one does but then in May I was like right do you know what we just have to get back up and and start again in April we ran 21 virtual webinars via the LMF network for free and upskilled over 786 people which was great in May I started building my personal branding and LinkedIn course and started reaching out to new business to see what we could do for them virtually which was really good um but kind of between June and July a part of me is thinking right do I need to go back to work do I need to get a part-time job do I need to find another source of income and I think there was there was a part of me if I'm being really honest and I know you want honesty there's a part of me that thought right if I go back to work I'm I'm losing and it's not I'm failing it's I'm losing no, I completely understand what you, what you mean. I, have, I completely understand what you but mean. I, yeah, and, and I've been really battling with it. I, like, I've been battling with it for the last few weeks, being like, am I losing? Did I, am I not doing it right if I go back to work? And what I've realized is there is no such thing as win or lose. There is what's relevant, what's clear, what's important. And right now I have to think about my priorities if I am not able to earn the same amount or stable income being a freelancer um, and it's taking me to more time to hustle and to graft to basically put food on the table, then maybe I need to prioritize that stable income through another means of, of income at the moment. That does not mean you're losing and it does not mean you failed as an entrepreneur or as a founder. It just means momentarily there's something that's disrupting you and you need to prioritize where you are and what you're doing so even now I'm like you know what? if I get something for two days a week I'll be fine with that that's fine 
what I know I don't want is I know I don't want something five days a week, 40 hours a week where I'm working for someone else and not able to focus on my own. So you have to compromise. How have you how have you been able to deal with all of that? Mm, I think a part of it yourself is staying grounded. Um, I'm really fortunate that I live around my family. So as much as I'm hustling, my siblings and my mum, mom, you know, often make fun of me being like, all you do all day is you talk on the phone. They're like, is that what business people do? <laughs> or they'll be like, I, I get that as well. Yeah, or they'll be like, you don't even have a job. I'm like, I'm literally running my own business. They're like, yeah, but you don't really have a job. All you do is talk on the phone and record yourself on Zoom. I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, so <laughs> you have to bring the ego back into it and kind of humble yourself. The other thing is you have to set boundaries. So I realized that I was drowning myself in social media and I already know I have a really toxic relationship with social media if I'm on it too long. Uh, so I set myself boundaries, i.e. I won't go on it on the whole of Saturday. I just won't be on social media. Um, I've started using scheduling tools to schedule things, especially on the LMF at Instagram, which I do myself. But sometimes it's just really difficult to understand what to do next. Equally. Uh, I've been really honest with the team and the friends I have around me just to be like, look, I'm having a bad day, a bad mental health day. I just can't do anything. I'm so sorry. And other people are quite understanding. The other thing that you do, if you were to think like pragmatic steps, is to think what your successes have been so far, to prioritize what you want to do versus what you can do versus what is necessary to bring the income in. And lastly, to be kind to yourself so that you're not putting so much pressure in the areas that don't need to be. So a really good example being that if I were on a run, like, you know, two webinars a month for free. Okay, great. But think about the time of effort and the time that go in, goes into these webinars versus if I can do one a month for the community and one a month, which is paid or donated. Okay, maybe that would be a better use of my time. So think about where your time and effort is going. Um, I, I, I'm very honest, especially on my social media, especially on my Instagram about how, uh, mentally I'm, I'm affected and how I have mental health, uh, how I suffer from mental health issues and how I have chronic migraines and how they really do play up. Um, but at the same time, you know, what, what can you do? All last week I had a chronic migraine and at 6 PM I had a workshop that I had to host for 150 people. Now, I couldn't stop it, but I, you know, you're self-employed. You have to do what you have to do. Yeah, I remember. I remember actually looking at your social media. At, like, I don't know if we had a podcast schedule, but you can. I can't remember if if, if that happened, but uh, yeah. And you were very honest with everyone, and you were like, "Yeah, this is the situation, and this is why this is happening." And I, th I think people like that. I, I I definitely did. I definitely like the openness and yeah, I, I thought, you know, this is when you say, you know, people buy into people that made me buy into you a lot more for sure. Hmm. Thank you. I mean, that's great. Um, I'm actually really happy you said that I used, do you know what it is? It's you just want to be your truest, most authentic self. I don't want people to buy into a product or myself or my business or my community if they don't know what they're getting with it as a package. And I think there's a lot of, and unfortunately there's a lot of um, 
sheltered discussion discussions and a lot of kind of uh pretend and pretense that's especially online online everyone looks like they're super successful and they only show you the good stuff that's fine I want to show you the good stuff but I also want to show you the bad stuff I also want to tell you that you know my 12 hour day sometimes I forget to eat and sometimes I forget to drink water because I am online trying to figure out what my next move is um there are moments where I will go out with friends or family and I will specifically say look all our phones have to go on aeroplane mode because we just need to spend an hour in this moment and not worry about anything else there are times where I suffer so much from comparing myself to my friends or my peers or my colleagues that I have it's the worst thing to do 100 percent. absolutely yeah. the worst thing to but do. I have to go back and I have to go back to my notebook in my head to be like right what are the great things I've achieved what have I done what am I doing in the future and what are my goals and where do they align and actually just last week one of my best friends bought me a gratitude journal and she goes I know that I use my phone a lot to type notes and she was like look here's a gratitude journal I need you to every day wake up and to write things and to remember what you've written and to feel it to write it down and to really feel it she goes because I've seen where you are and what you're doing and I'm very proud, but at the same time, I'm, I'm concerned as a friend. So I just need you to kind of come back to this point of uh, like sanity. And I think that's really important. It's really funny you say that because two, two episodes ago, I spoke to this guy called Damien and we actually talked about this for a long time about, uh, about you know, comparing yourself to other people, mental health and all of this stuff. And yeah, if anyone's like listening and wants to know more about that, he, he like he was really really good on that. And Sonia, I wanna I wanna finish with one thing because I've been like dying to ask you this, but you know the conversation's been like immensely interesting. So one thing like led to another. How did you do the TED talks? How did that How did that happen? I thank you. Yeah, so, it looks so cool. Do you know the honest truth is? So let me give you the timeline. I was a, I was one of the people that helped to create TEDx Square Mile. So they had a TED Talk event in 2019 in March, and I was one of the background like kind of team members that helped to champion it. But the day of the TED Talk itself, I had such a bad migraine that I couldn't show up on the day. So imagine you've put in like a year's work on and off with this team, and you can't even go show up. Then in April, the University of Sussex, they reached out to me online, I believe it was, and were like, we're looking for someone to host our TED, um, our TED talk that we're doing in our in our university. Would you be able? And I was like, yeah, that's great. Like, of course, I'd love to do one myself. So now I'm getting another view of the background. I went on the website for TEDx Forward, knowing how the process works for Square TEDx Square Mile and the process for TEDx Sussex University. And I reached out to kind of a bunch of TEDx's in, in, in a community or surrounding area to ask if they had any um, availability for me to get involved more as a speaker, not as a TEDx speaker, but more as a host or a guest kind of panelist to come on board. I didn't think I was good enough, let's say, to actually to give a TED talk, but I knew that I could potentially host a session. And TEDx4 reached back and they were like, we've seen your LinkedIn, we've seen your story, we think it's great. We actually have an opportunity for a speaker, would you like to interview for it? So TEDx is how they work, is you literally have to interview for them. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's literally going through like three rounds, let's say. So everyone gives 
there so the first round is you apply then you get sieved then you talk to the organizers and they kind of filter you out so you'd go from like 200 applications to like 10 people that can go on stage so every year there's only like 2500 people that get a ted talk or a tedx talk let's say and so long story short spoke to them they were like yeah really like your story had to kind of sell myself a little bit had about two phone conversations with them and then they were like right do you know what we'll get back to you in a week to see if we want to take you through and then in the week they were like yeah we definitely want to take you through thank you for that work on your ted talk okay great so we did that and they were based up in manchester so i was based in london so everything we done was via zoom but the second one I did in December, um, there was someone on LinkedIn who wrote that she was doing, she was organizing a TED, TEDx um, conference and it was on failure and it was on females. And at the same time, this was about end of October, beginning of November. That's when I was going through my own sense of failure, failing at work, not being able to start the degree that I wanted because I was actually meant to go back to university last year and um, start a PhD and not really sure in myself once again and so I reached out to her being like look I've got like this is my story and my narrative and she kind of she messaged back being like oh do you know what we've been following you for a really long time really impressed by what you do and we wanted to talk to you for quite a while so we do have an opportunity for this um kind of TEDx conference do you mind dropping us an email to let us know what you would like to talk about and I remember I wrote this email and they came back being like, oh, do you know what? That's not really the topic we're after. But if you could do something here, then maybe we can focus on that. So again, we you go through kind of four or five email threads and four or five phone conversations before someone even says, yeah, wow. do it. And then you do it. And then you're given anywhere between six weeks to like three months to prepare your talk. Um, and then you, you, you go and deliver it on the stage. I think that's an amazing note to actually end on. Um... Sonia, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and, you know, you've been really, really good to speak to and really honest and open and, yeah, I can't thank you enough, really. Thank you so much for for allowing me to, to come in and for asking me. I, I appreciate I talk a lot, but hopefully there's some great nuggets some people can take away from here. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure they can, for, for, like, definitely. Is there anything, like, how can people stay in touch with you, stay in touch with LMF uh, Network in the meantime? Yeah, so please do give me a follow on Instagram um, and on Twitter, but I'm definitely more active on Instagram. So it's at Sonia Barlow UK and add me on LinkedIn. Um, you can just kind of Google me Sonia Barlow and it would come up. It's S-O-N-Y-A Barlow. And for LMF Network, we are at LMF Network on every social channel. Uh, and we do also have a mailing list that you can get in touch with and uh, subscribe to that shares all the opportunities the network is inclusive it is global and we have chapters based in london madrid and toronto so that we are um, accessing as many people as we can sonia i'm gonna have to invite you on a second time for sure because there's so many things that i like i still want to ask you but i like we've definitely run out of time but yeah massive privilege to have you on thank you again and i hope you have an amazing day thank, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the millennial entrepreneur and how amazing was it i i had such a great time speaking to sonia she's a woman that i wanted to have on the podcast for so so long and yeah massive privilege to have her on finally uh, after asking a lot of times <laughs> But yeah, it was really good and I really hope that you enjoyed it as well as, as, as much as I did. 
And if you did, please be sure to leave a written review, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, because if you do, you get a shout-out on the next episode. I will read it out. And it really helps the channel as well. It really helps me. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. And follow us on our Instagram page as well. Follow her on every, th- every social media, so LMF Network on her personal one. I'll leave all the links in the description. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. My name's Messina. I'll see you later.